I would love Oli to stay. <laughs> Are you, you know, know why? Because as long as he stays, United aren't that much of a threat. <laughs> you know what? That was the first game that really finished me off, you know. <laughs> that's, that's, that was the first game. That was the game that finished me off. It's Anfield. Oh. <laughs> I, I keep hearing that. Oh, it's Anfield. It's not my fault if you can't fill your stadium, in it. It's not my fault. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Tell them, tell them, the Breakdown Podcast. Yo, what's good, people? You're tuning into the Breakdown Podcast. This is episode 21. Um, I've got the full team in the building, minus one. Frank's on a bit of a break. He had a winter break of his own, you know what I'm saying? So Kofi will be back next week. But nevertheless, we're still cracking on. What are you saying, T? Yeah, I'm here, man. I'm a bit nasally in that, but yeah, man, I'm just looking forward to having a little review and seeing what's going on in the market. And then, um, yeah, man, can't wait till the football's back. It feels like ages. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, well, especially, you know, when teams are cancelling games and they're obviously playing less in January than everyone else and that. So, of course, you know what I'm saying? And I get what you mean, though. <laughs> Cheeky, speaking, though, so speaking of cancelling games, what are you saying, Jay? <laughs> yeah, bro, bro. I'm good, man. Um, yeah, bro. Just finished your weekend. A bit tired, actually. Had a few things, but I'm, I'm looking forward to sharing a platform with Mr. Window himself, T. We know he likes a bit of a transfer, so <laughs> let's get into it. <laughs> it's mad. It feels like there's not been... I feel like there's not been that much football played in January, like league football. But then, like, obviously, we went from complaining about so many, like, fixtures being played and managers were going mad. And like you say, like, there was COVID rules that was, like, allowing people to just, like, either cancel games genuinely. Like, Burnley, I, I can't remember how many games they cancelled, but I, was, I couldn't I couldn't recognise it. They hadn't played any four games, didn't mm. Yeah, they, <laughs> they haven't played no football. And I was just like, okay... And then obviously, so obviously the influx now of now the window shutting is going to be loads of, um, of course, loads of games to, to catch up with, cup competitions. We've got the Champions League starting a couple of weeks' time. Um, so it's just mad. Do you know what I mean? And it's mad. I don't know. Like, um, with players, yeah, I feel it feels like this summer there's a lot of players that's like out of contract as well. So, or running down their deals or just having these contractual kind of things. So Pogba, you know, was one out of contract. Um, people, Even people like Haaland's, like, bait release clause in his contract. Mbappe, you know, apparently signing pre-agreements and whatever, or who he can do. you got, even, even down to players like Jesse Lingard and stuff like that. you got um, Lacazette at Arsenal. There's just loads of players that just haven't, like... They're just they've just been allowed by their clubs, and it's not just all small clubs doing this, but like do you do you reckon that like it's it's kind of symptomatic of what's going on, like in terms of players just running down contracts and stuff? And what how do you think that's gonna affect how like teams kind of do business moving forward? Do you think it's we're still gonna see like five-year deals or stuff like that? Like you've seen before, do you think it's gonna be more, you know, like rolling contracts kind of thing? Is that to who's that to you? No, anyone. Open question. Oh, 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 yeah. No, do you know what? This is this interesting because Jay and I spoke about this only maybe across the weekend. This specific thing, 
And um, obviously this 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 issue with like either contract standoffs or um, you know, like you said, um, release clause and these kind of things, they're obviously way, way, way more um, prominent now. And um, I don't know, I, I think something that Jay's been mentioning for a little while, like in terms of like this, this to spend in football, in terms of like, you know, transfer fees and what's involved in those transfer fees is like, it's just, um, it's, it's, it's getting out of control. It's, it's got out of control. And I think it's, I think we're at the point now where, players there's a couple of things i think players players obviously are realizing their value so i think some of them are kind of like look this is what i want i'm gonna run down my contract unless i get this or you know what actually you know someone like uh mbappe's mbappe's case he's probably thinking there's only a small pool of clubs actually who's going to be able to buy me anyway and being at psg they're probably not going to accept that Anyway, so what's the point? The only way I can get out of this is to run down my contract. And obviously there's astronomical fees involved with, with Mbappe anyway. So it's, it's, there's a number of things. There's a number of things. There's even, you know, some, to an extent, probably lower profile players like uh, Dennis Zakaria, um, uh, Bubakar Kamara that, you know, Jay and I have been talking about quite a bit. And it's like these kind of players, high, high quality players are also in these kind of situations. And, um, you know, you've got to January and a six month left on the deal. And these, you know, some of these players, once they sign a contract, their 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 value instantly increases to the likes of your thirties, your forties, your fifty mils. These are high quality players. Mm. And they're they're not they're not willing to either extend their stay for whatever reason. And obviously you've got the 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 bigger clubs who are just circling, the likes of Juventus who are um synonymous with with a good a good bargain deal, a good a good uh, a good Bosman contract. So I don't know, man. It's there's so there's so much to kind of explore with this. I really think the the first fundamental thing though is 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 really the players and um this this economic bubble. There's just so much money in football now that it's probably a bit untenable. You know, the the asking fees for some of these clubs that some of the fees that they that they they're putting on on their players' heads are just it's just making things come to a standstill. So the only other alternative is boy, well. I'm just going to run down my contract. But I think, interestingly, what you usually get is like a younger player, really, really young player, get to that situation or an older player get to that situation. So you're at your tail end of your career when you end up getting into a situation where, where you're running down your contract. But now we're seeing players in their prime. We're seeing players in their early 20s. We're seeing players, you know, um, get to their, approaching their 30s, their peaks. And they're in, the, they're in these kind of situations. And it's not to forget that, you know, some of the players you mentioned, like really, really high profile, the likes of Paul Pogba, I think has been really quiet more recently. But you've got players also approaching. You've got um, Mo Salah, you know, Sadio Mane, these kind of guys. Like before, you know, these it's really, really precarious. You're getting the club are getting into precarious situations where um, they're willing to either let the players run down, let their contract, the players are making stances, or you know. Maybe there's maybe there's some some of the buying perspective clubs um, have, have got like prohibitions um, mm. with the likes of COVID and these kind of things that have come in and maybe um, halted some of the revenues that we'd usually expect in football. So there's there's a there's a myriad of reasons, man. There's so many reasons, but it's a very interesting time. And a lot. But, of clubs... but do you think? But do you think it's going to inform how how clubs sign players? Because I'm seeing it with manager contracts. I'm seeing managers 
you know, short term, interim, this, that, you know what I mean? It's like very with the managers, it's they seem to have realized like in certain circumstances, you're not getting five years. It's just certain two, yeah, two and a half yeah. years. Except, except, except for Nanglesman. He got a deal. He it's like he was a player, like he got a five year deal. They bought him out of his contract at Leipzig. Um, yeah. He signed a sponsorship straight away with um, who did I send it? It was it was a lot, like so. Yeah, yeah. but I'd love I, to see a prem club do yeah. that. You know what I mean? I'd love to yeah. see no, no, no way. do that now with the money that we yeah. got in in our game. Seven yeah. years, yeah, right. <laughs> I think I think it's gonna. I think I can see this kind of thing continuing. I don't I don't see this stopping anytime soon. To be honest with you, I think. We're gonna what do you mean, longer contracts or shorter contracts? No, I, I mean like players like running down their contracts. I think okay. players in their players in their in their prime. I think I think we see that. I think with managers, it's, it's not really a new thing. Like to be honest, there's certain clubs and certain managers who are willing to enter an agreement and think. Listen, I'm a short term guy. Thomas Tuchel, happy. I'm a I'm a short term guy. I'm gonna go into Chelsea knowing that, and he said it very openly and very willingly. I, I remember in that interview with Rio Ferdinand, he was like, look. I, I know about the Chelsea board. The Chelsea board know about me. I'm here to do a job. The the initial terms of the agreement is this. So I think I think you know I think that's a normal thing now. I think actually it's probably it's probably smarter for clubs and for and for the managers, all the players to enter into that, and then and they get wider choice. We've seen Lampard today. Um, he's he's what signed a two and a half year deal with Everton. I think that's a smart thing to do. It's smart. Why commit? Yeah. We've seen so so many times like managers they commit to five six seven year deals. That's not the economy anymore. You might as well see how it goes the first eighteen months, two years, and then decide if you want to extend. But that for managers, but I'm on about for players though. What 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 what's happening for players though? Can you can you see a top player moving to a club on some two year deal? Mm. Mm. I think that depends on the player, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, the profile player. Um, but I, what, like, like with what T's saying, there's a lot more project managers, um, style type of um, coaches in the game, and perhaps you'll see with people like, like Harland. You know, like Harland when he was going from Salzburg to Dortmund, that was a sh- that was going to be a short term thing. There was a bigger, bigger goal for him to get into a bigger club. But essentially, you know, you got that um, phrase, getting yourself in the sh- in the shop window. I think. We've been seeing we we've been seeing that, and we will see more of that. But um, just to go back as well, something that I heard from um, Sky Andrews, um, who's uh, Sol Campbell's. I don't know if he's still his agent, but he was his agent when he was playing, um, and he was saying that actually in football now, there's like the way he sees it is that there's a big pot of money now in football, particularly in Premier League football, obviously. And everyone, what it is is that, let's say like it's like a billion pounds or whatever, or a billion dollars, everyone involved in football, whether it's agents, players, managers, clubs, all the players in the transfer, the transfer windows and contracts and stuff like that, are trying to get a piece of that, of that pie that's available. Um, or most people in that are trying to get a piece of that pie that's available. And so I think... That's where you're seeing with players, 
and agents and their agents, they're making certain moves now. If they get into a certain, if the players get to a certain age and they're at a certain level and the numbers is not going to add up with where they're at, they're like, I'm out of here. I'm, I'm 28 years old. If the numbers are not going to be huge enough for me to have that last, you know, big contract four or five years or whatever, then I'm out of here. Um, same thing with, with with younger players and some of the, not just the actual wage itself, but like the bonuses and the things that come with it that um, players and, and agents ask for. So I thought that was quite an interesting way of um, looking at it. Um, and it might be what's kind of deciding some of the behaviour that we're seeing in the market. Yeah, because people's definitely, you know, people's definitely running down their contracts. There's definitely big um, moves about to happen and stuff like that. And it's mad. But then, like, do you guys, do you think that, like, so do you feel like if a, if a player now is trying to sign a long-term deal somewhere, do you reckon it's now mandatory that they all have clauses? Like, because you see it with, um, you know, they do it in... Uh, in Spain, right? It's very standard practice. Sign this contract. Here's my clause. Whether you put a billion pounds in there or whether you put, you know, however much you put in there, that's my clause. I saw it with um up close, obviously, Aston Villa. Jack Grealish was supposed to go to, I believe it was Tottenham. Then he re-signed his contract at Aston Villa, but put the clause in there for 100 million, obviously, then subject to conditions and stuff. So he pretty much extended his deal without really extending his deal, if you know what I'm trying to say, was based on Aston Villa playing Champions League football. And if a Champions League football um, playing club came in, then he would go and obviously Man City came in, bid the 100 million. So do you feel like that's gonna that's just going to be standard practice across the board? Or do you reckon it already or always has been? Yeah, so I got a little disturbance. I don't know what it is, but if you don't can hear that, that's what yes. it is. Um, um, I think it's a very European. It's a very European thing. I think it's standard practice in Europe in general. I think Germany is also synonymous to have, um, you know, some kind of like clauses. Whether it's a Champions League club who comes in, whether it's whatever, you meet a certain price and, and you can speak to the player. Um, obviously, Spain. You mentioned as well, Italy as well. I think the the real change is really in the Premier League um, because that's something that I, I think is maybe. It's not necessarily been um, the most welcomed. It's a, it's just a different culture, really. But I think with with the more influx of European influence in the Premier League, I think it's become more acceptable and more normal. And then also as well, I think the more money that's come into the game, the more that you know the 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 the, the players who are the most coveted are seen as assets rather than just just players. And when you start to look at you know, players as assets, as obviously there's 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 more uh, money in the game, there's more investors, there's more um, business, if you like, like co like cold like cold hard business involved in the game. Um, those clauses just become more necessary, and I think I think what what happens is just you know, for example, with Villa, it's like okay, you know what, rather than letting uh, Greedish go for some kind of nominal fee, it's you know what, what's going to help my boyhood club what's going to what's going to protect them essentially and this is the best thing for us to do and where you have a, a club like City who can actually pay those astronomical fees why not so yeah man I think it's I think it's something that we're, we're going to get more and more used to in the Premier League as the more European influence we get and the more investors we get 
It's true, but I don't think that's why Jack Grealish put his his, his clothes in. But we move. He definitely didn't put it in for that reason. We ain't struggling for no money. But yeah, I hear you though. I hear you. and I and I agree. And I feel like it's in people's best interest though to make sure that you know. You know what I mean? You do the business right, you know, especially even even young players and whatever. But it has a detrimental effect, though, right? It, it can have, a, especially on young players or especially on players that get too much too quickly, it can have a detrimental mm. effect because that idea of playing for the badge, the idea of playing for the club, the idea that, you know, you're kind of, you know, the one club men, so to speak, is kind of like, is that just reserved for average players now who can't get moves elsewhere? Do you know what I mean? It's It's, it's just a weird... It's a weird kind of time. Obviously, trying to sign players in January as well, like, that's not the easiest thing to do. Um, but again, with people running down contracts, this January then takes on a bit more significance because if you can get someone on loan until the end of the season and whatever, whatever, January then becomes a time where actually, you know, um, it is what it is. And especially if you're signing players that aren't playing Champions League football, that can come into your squad and help you or if you're in a relegation scrap and whatever. So I suppose, yeah, it's decent, but yeah. So obviously you mentioned the um, Lampard being um, hired as Everton manager. And like, it's interesting to me because we spoke about it last week, right? And I was saying that it was the guy, was the, what was the guy's name who was linked to the job before? Um, I forgot the, what's his name, Jay? Is it Victor or something? Pereira. 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 Yeah. yeah. Exactly. And you literally, straight away, Everton fans are like, mm, don't know. And they, I reckon it was on principle. Just on What do you like, think about that, though? What, what, what do you think about fans having that much influence? Well, at Everton, I think it's yeah. correct. Because mm. that's the DNA of the club, right? So it is what it is. At Everton, it's cool. I don't, I don't mind that too much. Do you get what I'm saying? But... Um, I, they needed to go British. I, I kind of said it, and obviously you guys are making the point, Rudy might not be ready. He kind of confirmed himself that like, you know what? I kind of want to wait um, mm. and I'm committed to what I'm doing at Derby and stuff like that. Um, and yeah, he's probably thinking, Rooney was probably thinking the same way that you guys were kind of saying last week, where it's like, I probably get one opportunity at this. I don't really want to mess it up. I know I'll be, a, even said in his statement, I'd rather be, I, don't, I know I'll be a Premier League manager one day, but for now, I just want to continue what I'm doing at Derby and stuff. Obviously, then they're now appointed Frank Lampard. I feel like it's a good appointment, personally. I feel like it, I need they needed someone British and they needed someone not from the old school kind of thing. Um, they've signed... Who they signed now? Deli Ali has gone. Is that gone through? Or, yeah, well... Donny yeah. Don, Don van der Beek's definitely gone through. That's the thing. Donny van der Beek as well. So a couple of midfielders in there. I think it's looking good over there, man. I'm not gonna lie to you. You gotta take off take off the Liverpool hat a second. No, nah, no, nah, listen, there, there, there's no there's no Liverpool hat in this year. Let's just look at the facts, right? So let's look at Lampard and let's look at his just his trajectory as a as a coach, as a manager. So obviously his first stint was at Derby, right? And he's gone in at Derby and he's um he took over when there were six, yeah. And when he left, they were six. Like to me, there was no. It wasn't like, oh, you know what? I can very quickly see what he's doing there. He brought in a, an, an infl a lot of players for big wages as well, 
and, on loan um, as well, though. You know, the likes of Mace and stuff like that. Like it wasn't. It wasn't like he had a he had a top squad at the time. No, no, nah, not not. It's not even to to say he had a he had a top squad and there was you know you know crazy investment, but he did have an advantage over over like some of the competitive set. Because, you know, he brought in the likes of Ashley Cole and stuff as well. That's not something that's easy to do, that level of experience at that at that point, especially at, at that at that point in the campaign. It's not necessarily something that's that's easily attainable for the rest of the guys. But so yeah, obviously he he worked his advantages. But the point being, yeah, he's at Derby six, you know, took over one of six, finished six. Chelsea, um, look, I, I I think it depends on 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 how you look on how you judge the job. I think one one thing I will say that that he did well is off the off the transfer ban he he did integrate a lot of the young players which I think is which is definitely a, a call out to be had because I don't think that's been done before not certainly not in our in the recent memory at Chelsea and he integrated quite a few of them to be fair to him um, but my thing is that I think he's he's been heralded as you know it's, he he did an amazing job getting them Champions League football which. <sighs> To me, you've got to look at the context of the season. You've got to look at who the competitors were, what the performance was like during that season. And um, to me, that Champions League position was kind of was kind of handed by like by uh, Leicester, sorry, quite a bit. Leicester faltered, you know, hugely, and that and that kind of opened the, the back door for for Chelsea to make it in. Um, so my thing with Lampard is that I think. For, in order for me to say that he's a good appointment for Everton, I need to look at what he actually brings. I'm not sure. So what do you yet, think he brings? brings so what? What is it? That's what I'm saying. This so is the thing. What I'm not you, sure. What do you think that he brings? Based I'm on what sure. you saw. That's the thing. So based on what you saw so, from Chelsea, the way his team played and whatever, what do you think yeah. he brings? What's his qualities? So, what's, what's it, so playing style? I'm I'm really not sure about. I don't think there's a clear playing style. But what I can say is that I think his ability to integrate the, the younger players. His ability to, to I suppose, uh, galvanise some of the some of the British talent, who would obviously be influenced and, and 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 obviously look up to Lampard is clear, but in terms of a playing style and, and in terms of of you know, what Everton need right now, I'm not sure it's a it's a it's a good fit because Everton are in a scrap. Let's have it right, they're in a scrap. I don't know if Lampard is suited to to a club in a scrap. I'll be honest. He's got limited experience, and in my opinion, like I said, the playing style isn't clear. Like I, I don't know what he's going in there necessarily to do, and I think it's a big job at Everton because because it's not just a it's, you're not just coming in there like trying to get the players back on board and get and getting them playing in a certain style. No, no, no. You're getting the fans back on board. You're uniting the board. You're you're getting the players back believing. You sold some of the some of your your your, your best players, namely like um, Luca Dean. So it's a big job, and I'm not necessarily sure he's got the skill set because I've not seen it yet. But so, but what do you? But what I'm trying to get is, so what do you see? What did you see him do at Chelsea? Like, what did do you attribute anything to what he did? Did you do you not style wise, style mm. of play wise? Not did you really. not see what he? trying to do or what you know what they kind of attempted I'm not gonna lie to you bro I wasn't I it's not like I was overly like yeah I can clearly see it differed for me because he you know he, he played a back three played a back four you know um there were he brought lots of different players and and I and I said it at the time that was the issue because 
to me, there was no clear approach when you're bringing in Ziyech, you're bringing in the likes of, um, uh, what's his name? Uh, the, German, the, the German boy, Havertz. Yeah, you're bringing in Werner. Like, all of these players, they're completely different styles. Like, was and that, just, were they Lampard signings, though? Do you think they were Lampard signings? To be honest, we don't know. I don't know. I don't know if that was, you know, uh, Marina. I don't know if it was Lampard. Um, but what I do know is that he was tasked to be able to to get those boys gelling and get those boys playing in a, in a certain way, in a certain brand of football, which I didn't see. So for me, my my thing is that he would have had some kind of influence, no doubt, on those signings, whether he was the one leading it or not. But I just didn't see a clear pattern. I didn't see a clear playing style. And I think that's what culminated in, 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 in him having to leave. Yeah. See, that's the thing. I I I kind of disagree a little bit just on the whole the whole playing style thing because I think he does have a he did have a playing style um at Chelsea, but it was like it was weird because I feel like what he was obviously trying to do fell down because of his man management of certain players and his man management where it came to people who weren't playing people like Rudiger who clearly he fallen out with and there were just certain players that he clearly fell out with and I feel like then once you've alienated people all of a sudden you know it's, it, it becomes quite difficult for him do you know what I mean to, to kind of do what he had to do but I feel like he tried he tried I, I, like if I was to break it down simply I feel like he's a manager that wants to play the ball on the ground he's not no long ball kind of guy probably some of his some of the times I saw that he's that they're overplaying <laughs> do you know what I mean they probably weren't going back to front um, quick enough, and you know, you know, you see modern managers, and some of them are obsessed, obsessed with building up from the back. And my feel like if he if he takes that same approach to Everton, they'll be in big trouble. Do you know what I mean? So I, I feel like some of that um, naturally being a midfielder, I feel like he does set up his teams. He does set up his teams quite well. But what I noticed with the Chelsea side, the the, the spine wasn't always as as um as strong as it probably could have been, in my opinion. Yeah. Like, so there was a few things there, a few unanswered questions there for me. Yeah, I just when I think of Lampard um, at Chelsea, I remember one game in particular when they were playing, I think Sheffield United, and one thing I remember from that game is they weren't a unit, and they were quite easy at times to score against. Um, so you know, in today's football, you need to be you need the spaces in between defense, midfield, and attack needs to be quite tight. Otherwise, you get teams exploiting that space. Um, and I think, I agree with you, Mark. I think that um, he wanted to play, like, you know, a nice brand of football, nice on the eye and whatnot. But ultimately, I think there were some, not even necessary players, because, but, like, there was just some basic stuff that wasn't in place at Chelsea, um, which made them hard to, um, easy to play at times. So even, like, even like when we played Arsenal, played them at the FA Cup, you know, Chelsea of old, once they go one nil up, you, you know, you're going to struggle to, you know, to come back and win the game like that. But, it, it, you know, there was quite a few times where you had that with Chelsea um, when he was in charge. The other thing that I think, I hope that he's learned from, from his experience from Chelsea is what you, what you mentioned, Mark, is his man management. Because Everton, the players that are there, there's some characters there that are going to be very tough to <laughs> deal with. You, you know who they are. You know what I mean? Um, <laughs> they're going to be very tough to deal with. They're not the easiest customers. 
customers. And like T said, he's in a he's in a scrap. So he doesn't have the luxury of, you know, getting there, getting his feet warm first and then, you know, whatever. He's got to go there and make an impact straight away. So I hope that the man management side, you know, we need to survive. Okay. We need to be as high up the table as, as best as possible at this point. And we need we definitely need to survive. So let's get everyone in the group together if possible. Um and and get playing together and get, you know, let's not be conceding goals. Um that's the first thing, you know, just conceding silly goals. Um get our partnerships right and get the unit sorted. It'd be hard to beat. And then you go from there. So I hope for his sake, those two things are in place. But yeah, I I, I think I agree with parts of what you both are saying. I, I I do struggle to think, okay, when I think of Lampard, this is what I'm getting with Lampard. Like this is mm. what we're gonna get. We're gonna get a sturdy defense, or we're gonna get a tight unit, or we're gonna get an attack that penetrates, you know, almost every every team that they play. I, I struggle to put that together for, for Lampard, but perhaps that means yeah. is you know it's because he hasn't been in the in the in the managerial game for long enough. But we'll see. Yeah. It's true because he didn't fancy uh, Jorginho as well. I just no, remember no. that as well. It wasn't no, just really no, that he no. didn't fancy Jorginho. And I remember just comments about you know players that just pass it sideways and backwards, and that that hasn't really aged very well with Jorginho. And, and Mark, you said that I remember Jorginho used to sit on the bench and you used to say it during the games he's got to bring him on, get someone on the yeah. ball that can put their foot on the ball and start making things happen in midfield. Um, and, and he he used to resist it. Yeah, and then when he would the do it, he would, he would do it. <laughs> Listen, the coaches that have played this guy have won have won stuff. So yeah. do you get what I'm saying? And then you look at Rudiger, how he's looking. How could he ever be sitting on the bench? But knowing a bit about his character, and then how Frank Lampard was trying to rule with an iron fist at the time, you can tell Rudiger would not be shy to tell this guy exactly where to go if he didn't agree with him or whatever. Um, not even to kind of. Um, not even to put that on Rudiger's name, but you know what I'm saying? You know, like, proper characters. Shrinking Violet. <laughs> do you get what I'm trying to say? They're not going to be scared of him, so um, it's decent. But it's interesting to me that that straight away he goes into Everton where, you know, their midfielders, Decore, Andre Gomez, um, was Alan. it? They've, they've got Delph, Alan, but straight in midfielders. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Deli Ali, Van der Beek, straight away. That's the that's the area that he's looking to kind of um, work with, which might kind of tell a story about what he's trying to do moving forward mm. with Everton. And to be fair, a fit Dominic 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 the fit <laughs> Dominic Calvert Lewin, a fit Richarlison. You know what I mean? And then you know Great. slowly, but yeah, Demar Gray as well. And do you know what? what's going to be hard though? Yeah, I feel I feel like what's going to be hard a little bit though as well is um. What's his name? Richarlison, isn't it? How someone like Lampard handles Richarlison. Richarlison needs an arm around his shoulder. He's a bit of a, you know, he's a little bit of a crybaby at times. T don't fancy Richarlison. Yeah, I can't stand I, him myself. I, 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 I like Richarlison. I like no, Richarlison as a, as no, a player. Don't. No, 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 no. As a, <laughs> as a player. <laughs> nah, let's, let's, <laughs> let's get it clear, yeah? Let's get it clear. As a player, I like Richarlison. I like what he's about. If you ask me, he, he's like a clock type player, to be honest. But nah, um, he's a sick man, think, man. But I think he's not. <laughs> he, well, he, he's not. He's not always been. But I think. Um, I think with with Richarlison, obviously, 
he was involved, and I think in injuring Thiago. That's when I didn't like him. But all, all, all thing aside, anyway, um, I think with someone like him, I think Lampard's got a restricted pool to work with. And I, I think, you know, let's be honest, if he goes in there and tries to ostracise, you know, um, Richarlison or, or tries any funny business, like, you know, we know what's coming, basically. Because there's very limited, um, with all due respect to Everton, it's, it's, not, it's not the same pool as Chelsea. They don't have this, the same traces. So I think Lampard would be silly to, to, to go in there and try any funny business there. Um, I think, to, to be honest, with, go on, go on, go on. No, I was just going to say, with Richardson, because, he, he, you know, he's just like, he doesn't play 90 week in, week out. He'll play, then he's going down, getting injured, limping off. I see him a lot of the times limping off. He'll have a good game. Then he'll have an all right game. Then he has a bit of a sulk. Do you know what I mean? But then at the, sometimes he's just unplayable. When he feels like it, it's just unplayable. Yeah. So that kind of player but with a, a traditional English style manager, I'm just like, they just don't, they don't gel very well. I can't <laughs> see that being a good relationship. But having said that, look, he's just, he, he thinks he can revitalise Deli Ali. So maybe, maybe he is trying to just say, listen, I've changed my ways and whatever. I, I, I saw Steven Gerrard talk about this. Um, when it came to management and he was saying that like what he learnt no I think it was John Terry actually John Terry said that what he learnt from working um, with Dean Smith at Aston Villa was that you couldn't just hammer players you can't just hammer them like he said he had a player and he was hammering this player and the player wasn't responding and then um, Dean Smith kind of said to him listen have you asked him how he's doing like, mm, have you asked him, mm. like, what's going on at home and stuff? And he yeah, goes that, that that had never crossed his mind to kind mm. of say, well, how is the guy? How is his family and stuff? And he goes, that actually, by doing that, he feels like he was becoming a better coach, if you know what I'm trying to say. So, and it sounds like Lampard was on the same same kind of vibe. Because wasn't it, um, what's his name, Fick as well? Fikayo Tamori was, wasn't playing as well mm. under Lampard. And then eventually when he came out, it was just like, yeah, this guy wasn't even talking to me. <laughs> Yeah, which was strange. Strange because he started playing Tomori and then he just dropped him after a bit of a clamor. And I think, yeah, when you do that, especially with young players, you you've got to be a bit, you got to be, you'll be more sensitive in this in this day and age. You know what? Funny enough, like thinking about Lampard's tenure now. So just going back to Chelsea, it kind of reminds me of Vias Boas a little bit. And what's interesting with that is that he was a he was a victim. He was one of the players who was, you know behind or rumoured to be behind the scenes, you know, mm-hmm. l- lobbying against him and stuff. And um, yeah, you know, as you might have said, for, for his sake, I hope that he's learned because he's in a scrap. And if he doesn't change things quickly, it's going to get peak forever. But how big of a scrap do you think he's really in though? How big, a, how big of a scrap are Everton really in? Look at the teams below them. Watford, you know, Burnley... Obviously, Newcastle doing the business and whatever. Like, how big well, of a scrap are they really in? Well, they've all made moves, haven't they? Um, Watford's got in Uncle what, Uncle Ray, um, and and he's we know we know what we know with Ray is that he's going to organise that team. Right, mm. so he's gonna he's gonna look at the defense. He's gonna get into him and his mate. I forgot his name. The the assistant that he goes around with. Um, <laughs> Is it Ray, Ray Lewin? Or, not Ray, Ray Lewin, that's it. Is it Ray Lewin? Is it? I think his first name is Ray, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, so he's going to go in there and organise it um, and make them tougher to beat. Um, Burnley have, I think, signed 
a striker that trying to find a second striker. What's his name? T, you know, the German guy, Dutch guy. Yeah, Veghast. Veghast, yeah. Yeah. He's a big, tall, big, tall striker. Um, he'll see. Well, Corne soon land as well, doesn't he? Isn't he back now? Corne mm -hmm. will be back. Um, so they'll they'll give it a go. Um, Norwich, I've just shipped out players, so I don't know about Norwich, but obviously Newcastle have have made big moves in the in the transfer mm. window. Mark, you said it. You said they were going to do it. Mm. They did it. Um, they're still doing it <laughs> um, <laughs> as we speak. So. Listen, with Everton, I think they're not in the, the scrap that the Burnleys and the Watfords are in, but they're not far off. And it only takes a few negative, a few more negative results and for like a team like Newcastle or Watford to have some positive results for it to kind of drag them in. So you, they've got to be careful. Having said that, the quality of play that Everton have are better than the quality of play that then those guys have. So they're in a false position, man. They're in, they're literally in a false position. The way they started the season showed that those players are better than what they obviously were showing when they went on the the mad run um under under Rafa. And it's just like, you know what? If if he if Lampard can just put square pegs in square holes and like tactically, yeah, you have to play on the front foot if you are Everton. There's just no two ways about it. You must play. You've got to play on the front foot. And even if that means playing on the front foot for you doesn't look like pressing high. It just means that we're in our shape. But literally, when we are counter-attacking, you're going to know about it. You're definitely going to know about it. And we're definitely turning over this board. Even if Lampard plays like a mid-block situation, so not even a super high line, but you're kind of squeezing the pitch, like you're saying, be a bit more compact with the lines there. And then, like, you've got somebody, the, the, the likes of sort of Dominic Calvert-Lewin, you start to get him fit, you know, that's the kind of, that's the kind of centre-forward that you need. If you need to be winning games and you need goals, that's the type of forward that you need to get him in good form. He just needs a couple of goals and you see what, you know what I mean? You, you, there's enough pieces there kind of thing. Um, but, you know, and obviously there's question marks. Like I say, Donny van der Beek, I think, would be a fantastic, if that, deals gone through and whatever that's that's a fantastic signing in my opinion um just somebody in there with control somebody that can be in there to control to move and as long as you put the right pieces in there i think you'll be good Deli ali it's yet to be seen you know what i mean everyone's saying has he got the hunger and whatever i guess we'll see we'll see right because some players under a new fresh start fresh scenery do you know what i mean um sometimes that can reinvigorate a player or sometimes it just is what it is with certain, do you know what I mean? It kind of is what it is. Um and and that and that's that's what it is. But obviously Lampard, I'm sure because if you're if you're Deli Ali now, you can look up to Lampard. Do you know what I mean? You can look up to him, you can kind of be like, you know, I want to improve my game and stuff like that. But as much as you want to improve your game, if you don't have if the mojo's not there, it's hard. I'm sure. Cause I don't think I don't think Deli Ali doesn't train hard, you know. I don't know if that's the case, because he looks I think, fit. I, I think with 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 Dele Alli, unfortunately, sounds like injuries have got to him. I remember like a few years ago, he said something um, after coming back from a, a hammy, and he was like, "Oh, um, there's things that I want to do, but I just can't do them." Something, some something to that power. And I remember thinking, "Hmm, this player is a young player." Like. How's he coming out relatively anyway? How's he coming out and saying that? Like injuries must have taken a big toll. And then obviously, I think 
the sort of the, the sort of person he appears to be off the pitch in terms of like his lifestyle and stuff. I think it's 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 difficult for some people to kind of get on board because obviously if he's not playing, but yet there's rumors of him. I don't know. He's on Twitch or he's doing whatever. You know, a lot of people have have, have got issues with that. So yeah, do you know what? I think I'm I'm I'm, I'm not sure about Dele Ali to be honest. Interestingly, before before I saw rumors of, of him. I saw that um, Lampard was trying to get um, Loftus Cheek, but I think that 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 fell through. I think Jay, you were showing you, you were showing me that, um, which is quite interesting. So he's definitely targeting the midfield, but to me, that's that's the wrong area. I'm not gonna lie. I think I think it's the wrong area, man. I think um, I think uh, he should have been looking at the defense in that centre back area. I think we've spoken about this a good couple of weeks ago. I, I think you've you've got a real issue there at, at the back where you. There doesn't seem to be a willingness to 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 go beyond Michael Keane and Yerry Mina, where you've got Holgate and you've got Godfrey, who you, can, you probably should be building around, because Michael Keane and Yerry Mina are just error prone. It's just, there's just too many errors for me, and it's comical like what like watching them. So I think I I hope for Lampard's sake that he's able to build a bit of a foundation around around Mina and, and Keane, because I'm pretty sure he's going to build around them, but. Um, yeah, man. If 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 you ask me, he should he should have been trying to improve that centre back position ahead of the mm. midfield. Mm. True, true. But the games are gonna come thick and fast now, so we're gonna see. But it's been a quiet window as well. Arsenal, Arsenal, quiet window. Um, which, which way? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know. Um, I don't even know what to say with Arsenal, to be honest. Um, it's strange. Arsenal, Arsenal is just Arsenal is just such an anomaly. It's unbelievable. It's like an interesting club, but it's like it's just interesting for so many different reasons, right? Because it's still picking up all these FA Cups, even through this bad like period. You know what I mean? Still winning FA Cups and stuff, still being there or thereabouts. And obviously, it's a bit of a drop-off now, um, in general, but like no signings. Well, as you, as you speak now, no signings of note. Um, Tell you what, and out let me just that's mad. Let me just interrupt you. Arsenal apparently have signed a defender from Colorado Rapids. There you go. There you go. <laughs> let me get his name. <laughs> uh, <laughs> let me get his name. His name. Um, Austin Trusty. Big up, Austin. Welcome to the Premier League, eh? Welcome to the Premier League. Um, but just speaking on that, apparently it looks like the, the Bomiang um, move to Barcelona is is on. Or is, it sounds like it's actually completed, like he's done a medical and everything. Mm. Um, so that's, that's one in, one out, along with everyone else. It's crazy. Arsenal, you, you, you were talking about this just before, like Arsenal chasing after Higuain, for example, that summer, and then, you know, eventually him not going, and obviously, was it Juventus you went to that summer? Juventus, yeah. You went to Juventus, same thing now, chasing after this um, Vlaovic, and everyone was talking, 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 and then all of a sudden, he's off to Juventus as well. Um, Arsenal, didn't let Nketiah, obviously, leave. He clearly doesn't want to, doesn't want to be there. Um, the other, who's the other young boy? You let him go to, is it Middlesbrough? Yeah, uh, Balogun. Forward. Yes, Balogun. Yeah, out there. So, so what's Arsenal going to be left with now? Like, what's what's going on up front? Just Lacazette and Martinelli. 
and 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 Eddie. <laughs> and yeah. Eddie. <laughs> um. I, I, yeah. It's a it's a tough one. I think with with Arsenal, I can only describe it as your man's um your man your man Mikel is is. Um, <laughs> He's probably got in his head and the club and Edu have got in their head that they're, this is a long-term process where they're weeding out players that don't fit the, their ideals, the club's ideals. It should be the same, I guess, um, of how they want to play, the attitude maybe that players have, the attitude to training, the attitude to games and the attitude outside of games as well. All these things, and they, I think they believe that they're in a process of kind of weeding these players out. Perhaps as well with um, Arsenal as a club, trying to get rid of um, you know players on big contracts um, that they gave in the past. Um, perhaps players that came in in big fanfare and whatnot. It seems like there's a drive to to get rid of that and. Uh, Mark, like you were saying, like we were speaking before we started, Adebayor, and I, sh- I, sh- I showed the same thing to T as well, but Adebayor came out just speaking on the Aubameyang thing and said, this is Arsenal for you. Um, you can make a mistake and that's it. And I thought that was telling because I would like to, you know, you guys know I'd like to blame everything on, on Mikel Arteta and Eddie, but <laughs> that's that was way before, you know, um, yeah. them guys and it was under Wenger, you know, and, and the rest of them. So, that's that's an interesting point that he made. Um, obviously, we know that he left for Man City, um, so it's a it's a bit of both. But I, you know, to leave um, Arsenal with two strikers, two out and out strikers, shall I say, who are both six months left on their contracts, are not extending. Um, one of them's tried everything to leave. He tried to go Newcastle today. The past, he's tried to go to Crystal Palace twice, um, and then Lacazette, who's who's thirty, um, he's aging, and like you said, Mark, he's not going to necessarily get any better. His prime and you know the time for development and whatnot has has pretty much passed. So he's looking to go to a club, perhaps like you said, um, where not at the level of Arsenal, but he'll go there and he'll still be the main man, and he'll he will score a lot of goals. These are the guys that we've got now. Now, I'm not saying that Lacazette's not committed. I'm not saying that Eddie are not committed, guys. But it's not. It doesn't bode well. And it just seems like the plan that Arsenal had for this um, for this window hasn't gone to plan at all. Um, mm. Hasn't gone to plan and it shows in the results. We, Arsenal haven't won any games this month so far. Um, I've had problems with red cards. We know about Arsenal's red card situation. I think they've got... 14 red cards since Mikel took over. Um, Shaka and Thomas. Then you've got, you know, injuries. And it just, they've pushed out all these players. Chambers has gone to Villa. Okay, Chambers is, he's not world-class, but he's still a utility player. Um, Mm. But what was the plan? Rumours of Arsenal going for Bruno, who's gone to Newcastle. What happened there? So it just smacks of a window to me that that hasn't gone to plan, and the backups that you you usually have if your first you know your plan A doesn't go hasn't really been hasn't really been there. So it's quite disappointing. Do you reckon, 
Do you know what? Do you reckon it's the one game a week thing, though? That's probably like informing some of these decisions. It's like one game a week. We can have players fresh. Do you know what I mean? That, that's true. That's true. And I did think about that. Um, they don't necessarily, there's not a requirement for players um, because we're not playing in Europe. Um, we're out of all the cup competitions now. But part of the reason why we went out of some of the cup competitions was because we didn't have some players <laughs> that could, you know, to fall back on. Um, if It's not just, you know, necessarily players getting injured or what's it called, but sometimes players just go off the ball, you know. You know, you mm. just need to pull them out. Like, um, you never know when that's going to happen, especially with young players. So, like, players like Saka and Emil Smith-Rowe and even Martinelli, you never know when they might actually need a break because they're young and they've gone off the boil. Odegaard, same thing. So, yeah. But you're right. It's probably in their thinking that they don't need as big as a, of a squad um, yeah. to compete in the season. But it's a huge risk if you're chasing top four. Yeah, I think they're lumping... A, the thing is, as well, they're lumping a lot onto now the shoulders of Emil Smith-Rowe. They're lumping a lot onto, like, you know, whereas Nketiah could come on for 10 minutes. If Lacazette's injured and Nketiah has to start from the start, you know, you're lumping loads on his shoulders, you know. Odegaard, you know, people are convinced that he's the second coming right now. So, you know, it's like, again, you, you, you're up in the ante now where you're just, you're relying on these guys to get you in a certain position. And we've seen with Arsenal, once you peel away a couple of players from that first 11, it's not the same. When that first 11's there, Arsenal on their day, in my opinion, can beat anyone in the league. Anybody in the league they play, they could, they're, they're going to give them some serious, serious problems. You, take, you peel a few players away from that first 11 and, you know, sometimes what's coming in, you know, it's just <laughs> sometimes what's coming in is not, it's just not of the same level of, I would say not even quality. It's not even the same level of discipline. You know, I'm trying to say what's coming in is not the same level of discipline. I could think of the left back situation there and Tavares gets lauded a lot. And I remember he was getting lauded a lot. Like, oh yeah, he's good. Bombing forward, whatever. And I just remember thinking he's too far sometimes <laughs> sometimes mm. he's too far forward with these attacks and it wasn't until eventually some of that you know obviously people have watched that and it starts to get exposed a little bit that you're like ah oh, okay so if you haven't got Tierney in it's a nice short-term thing to have Nuno in there in my opinion but do you get what I'm trying to say it's just like what comes in afterwards is not always the greatest thing um kind of thing so it's just weird and obviously Arsenal not signing anybody like you said one game a week the push for top four Probably the, the hope is just to keep everybody, well, the main players kind of keep them fit, gather everybody together and just push on. Maybe there's not value in, like they say, there's not value in the January market. They're probably thinking, listen, we'll go again in the in the summer. Because you look at who they're after. If you're after Vlavic, that's, that's a big deal. Do you know what I mean? So probably they didn't want to go and sign somebody who was not him or not that level. And he's lucky to be able to be available in January as well. Yeah, um, uh, we'll see. I think um, yeah, I think you're right, uh, but I think they're living themselves up to a huge because some of these players, the players that they will go want to go for, like Dusan, um, they want to play in Champions League football. They don't want to yeah. play in Europa League football. They want Champions League football. So yeah. it's it's a case of if Arsenal again finish like you know sixth or seventh or something like that. 
you know, some of these younger players that are coming up that have got the big talents, they're not looking at Arsenal like how we looked at Arsenal when we was growing up and the players mm. that were coming up. It's things if you keep playing at a certain level, every time players look at you and think, well, you know, Arsenal are they're not really a Champions League team, so mm. don't really that don't really want to make that my next move, you know. So it, it, it is a risk, but we'll, yeah. we'll see. It's interesting, man. Then obviously United's window interesting in 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 the sense that like I just couldn't see no midfield changes, you know, Manchester United, no midfield changes, no midfielders coming in. Basically nothing happening. Lost losing a player to some madness, one of their key attackers, losing him potentially for good for madness. But it could open up opportunities for um people like Jaden Sancho potentially might be have to play now. But although I don't believe so because I believe it will just be for the likes of Ilanga and whatever to kind of come in. Um, yeah, the type of business that... Because it's weird with, with Manchester United, there's a proper changing of the guard now, just in general. Like, there's just a changing of the guard. There was once a time where your, you know, your Rashford's, Rashford's, Martial, Lukaku, all these guys were just integral. Jesse Lingard, all these guys, you were thinking, oh, look, look at this core. And obviously, he shall not be named, you know. But as part of that whole... That whole thing you were thinking, that's it. All of them are gone. They're all gone, yeah. you know. And it's like you got Cavani, you've got Ronaldo, you've got Elanga, you've got Sancho, you've got Rashford, but in some patchy, interesting little stage of his career. So it's kind of do you know what I mean? It's it's not it's not gelling probably the way that if people would have thought it well I anyway you guys know my thoughts on said players that I've I've mentioned anyway so but it's not panned out that way for United do you think do you think United are beginning in this window the the strip down of the of the squad so like letting Martial Martial go um mm. I believe he he was he told Lingard that he I mean um reluctant Ralph uh he told yeah. that he told he told he told Lingard that he could go. I think it didn't work out between the clubs. But do you think mm. that because obviously he's got this this two year role, this two year um, consultation role as well? Do you think the strip down of Man United stripping out the guys that don't fit in that won't fit in in the future of of Man United is beginning in this window? Yeah, it's a, it's a big summer. It's a big summer because they obviously. But it's weird because I don't at, at the same time because I would have said one of the first names you gotta get rid of or you gotta like, kind of let them go or tie up their situation is Pogba. But from you here that um because he's not playing anyway. Do you know what well, I mean? Who's, who's, not, who's, not... who's Pogba's market in January? That's what I would say. No, but even like for example, like Pogba announcing who he's signing for. Or, do you know what I mean? Or just kind of mm. making it very clear that he's moving on this summer, kind mm. of thing you know, drawing the line under it. The same way that you heard, so like Lingard's definitely leaving in the summer. I think think there was a video I saw where, where Ralph Ragnick was talking to fans and he literally said, Jesse will go in the summer. Like he mm. confirmed it himself. He said, Jesse's going in the summer. So the club obviously have let players, like, you know, if they've let Donny van der Beek go out on loan, they're probably thinking, well, you know what, I'll just, I'll hold on to, um, to Jesse Lingard just in case kind of thing. Um, and obviously, I think one of the biggest things with the Jesse Lingard thing is that it's West Ham probably was his preferred destination. And that's probably who they're fighting to, you know, get top four with. You know, they're, they're one of the teams fighting for the top four. So obviously he was hindered in that kind of way. Um, but yeah, I, it, 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 it's it's weird 
bit of business, but I hear them, I hear that they had offered Pogba a new contract. And I'm just like, again, that doesn't sound like stripped down to me. Because again, here's a here's a here's a guy who's who's not getting better. He start his stats aren't getting better. He's not becoming more more fit. He's not having more influence. He's looking for one last contract, to be completely honest. So it's just like, okay, I hear you. Obviously, they've done the right thing by Anthony Martial, kind of letting him go out. Um, he'll probably suit Sevilla. Sevilla's in a sly little title challenge, and he might enjoy um he might enjoy playing out there and stuff like that. But again, that whole front line they brought in Sancho in the summer and it hasn't he hasn't been given a chance really to do what he does in a system that that suits the way that he likes to play so to see no activity it's not surprising I get what you're saying and, and I take the point it's not surprising um but I would have thought that in midfield there'd be more urgency to be like listen McFred really for these Champions League matches they were about, you know mm-hmm. about to play um, still competing for the top four, and you're still you're still gonna go with McFred. Do you know what I mean? I would have thought there would have been some urgency, or even just some links with Bissouma or somebody of that kind of nature. Um, but nope, they seem content to go with the McFreds, and it's and it's for years as well. For years, that Man United have not been linked or have not gone for the midfield position. They've gone for the wide and the forwards, and you can see those are the those are the positions that to because Cavani's gonna be off in the summer. I won't be surprised if Ronaldo, you know, has a little wobble kind of thing. Although with Ronaldo, where's he going to get a better job than he's got right now? Do you know what I mean? Real Madrid mm-hmm. ain't going to take him back. You know, I'm mm-hmm. trying to, they're going to sign Mbappe probably in the summer. So Real Madrid don't want him. Or, they, they you know, they're just going to look at that and think, nah, you know what I mean? He's not moving like he used to. And Benzema is pretty much the statesman there right now. So with Man United, I think it is part of you know, probably a strategy in the summer where there's players that have to go, that are going to go. You look at you know, the likes of Phil Jones, um, you know, Jesse Lingard, Cavani, Ronaldo, and you could end up in the summer having to now sign five, six players, which Manchester, they're just not in a position to do. Do you know what I mean? I just, I just if, if they did it, I'd be very surprised. Boy, I think you summed it up very well. I think, um, yeah, there probably seen there probably is a period now where Ralph is just looking at him, thinking, "Well, you know what? I've got this period of time where I'm kind of overseeing the team. Um, I'm going to be overseeing operations pretty soon, and you know what? I wouldn't be surprised if 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 Pogba did sign a new contract. I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised if there's um a bit of. A, I know you say that you know see him improving, but. It could potentially be a bit of a new lease of life for him if, if there's plans around him. Um, but yeah, you know, to be fair, there's, there's, there's. What's reactions with? I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. Mark would hate it. I know, I know he's gonna hate it. I know he's gonna hate it. But listen, if he signs that contract, bro, we said this for years. We said this for years. You know what it is. If he signs a new contract, I'm gonna be at your front door, mate. You know what I mean? But, <laughs> but I wish, but I wish he was at my front door with some great performances. That's that's what I would have. <laughs> yeah, but that's, that's this it. is this is my point, bro. This is my point that like under Ralph, like if there's plans around him, oh, manager after manager. manager. Do you know what yeah. I'm saying? No, like not no. not even to turn this on him, but it's like manager after manager, year okay. after year after year. Oh, if he gets this, if he gets that, 
just for the players' sake, brother, just go somewhere else, man. <laughs> I, I, I went, I went into a thing as well because I saw um, something about Man United open up contract talks with Bruno, but then they'd been shut down. Like I don't know who which party shut it down, but they'd been shut down and said, "No, we're not talking about it until the end of the yeah, season." season. Yeah. Um, uh, Mark, just that's out of interest. Uh, if, if you could keep one of Bruno and Pogba, which one? If the team I'm, was built around one of them, nah, I'm not keeping Pogba. That's the fact because Bruno has an opportunity to improve. He has an opportunity to get better. Whatever, I don't believe so with Pogba. The story's finished. <clears throat> it's done. It's so done. He there's no affinity there really from from fans to the player. You know that's kind of eroded with all these statements or whatever. The player to the club, I don't know. I think he likes. He likes playing for the club. He's kind of comfortable, but I don't think he's got the fire in his belly. He doesn't have it. And when you even got it at a club, you got to go, man. Every time next year, next year, next year, talent, talent. How old is he? Is he 28 now? Yep, he's 28? 28 going to be 29? 29, yep. Is he 29 now? No, no, he's 28 going on 29. Is 28 going to be 29? That's no longer potential, bro. We're we're into we're into the you know we're into the business side of his career and let's be honest with where Manchester United are right now, they can't be dealing with potential players. Obviously, talented player, but that story is just so finished. If they were to sign him and give him what what was quoted like four hundred grand a week, I'd be thinking again. You lot want to be further behind Man City. That's just that's just what you're asking for. You're asking for that gap to go bigger and bigger and bigger. You can't be you can't be re-signing players like that. When they don't fit, they, like the the player in the club is not a good fit. Do you get what I'm trying to say? For whatever reason. So for me, he'd be better suited to, to playing Real Madrid. He's um he's 29 in on the 15th, 15th of March. Young player. <laughs> <laughs> the bias is is very clear. Very, very clear, boy. <laughs> but is that is that bias though? Pogba, Pogba played his best football. Is that is that unfair to say? Like, where can you see? Can you see in the next three years him doing anything better than what he's done previously? Of course, of course. You only got to in look at his performances. You only got to look at his performances for France to to notice a lot <laughs> of the things. A lot of the a lot of the Which things performances you, for France? you call out. <laughs> a lot of the things you 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 call out. You know, I think they're very situational things. You you talk about coach after coach, but has there been any success successful coaches at Man United? Well, all the more reason he needs to leave. This is what I'm Bro, trying to say. This is biased, man. This is biased. Yeah, he needs to go. <laughs> this is bad. Just so the listeners know, this is complete bias. This is not bad. <laughs> but like, mate, but this is try and make view. a but try and make a case for why. Paul Pogba, who in so many years has not delivered in terms of anywhere near the price. Because remember, he cost mm-hmm. 90 mil or whatever it was five, six years ago when that was that was a lot of money then kind yeah. of thing. So make a case for why the club need him specifically based on what he brings, based on his record of playing, injuries, based on even his talents, like what... Where can you see him play? Say, say this four-two-two-two system. Say, say what's going on with the club and where the development is. Why would you build a club around Paul Pogba? When has any club been built around Paul Pogba? 
Okay, it's not to say that the, the whole club will be built around him, but it can be systems to suit Paul Pogba and what he can offer the side. We've seen that once he's once he's deployed in a more offensive position, and this is something that even you've agreed on, that when he's in the offensive areas where he can hurt opposition, he can do special things. That that can't be doubted. He scored a lot of good goals for Man United. He's a threat. He links up very well. And when he's on his game, I'm not, I'm not saying that, you know, he... When he's on his game, it's, it's been regular enough. But when he is, it's scary. There is scary potential and within the player. And I think if you're looking at a change of guard if, and, you're, and you're looking at changing some key positions, you're looking for somebody who can influence games in an unrivaled way. I, I don't see many players who have the same skill set and ability as Pogba in the league when he's, when he's on do his it, game. But I'm saying, but for Man United, you got to look at it. you got Bruno Fernandes. And the stats are mad. So when we're talking about like they were mad on the team, they were like, mad. Well, the thing is, this this that in terms of comparing him to Pogba, mm. one of his bad seasons probably like Pogba's career high. Do you know what I'm trying to say? Like no no disrespect, but you know what I'm saying in terms of outputs, <laughs> Bruno's bro. This is Bruno's too biased, cleaning. man. Bruno's this is too biased, bro. So but you know Bruno, up. you know Bruno's game though, bro. Bruno's game is percentages. We know this. If we if we look at his. If we look at like his some of his statistics, ball retention is, is woeful. Yeah, yeah, of course. You know what I'm saying? So obviously his his functionality and within the side is completely different to Pogba's. Pogba, I would say, is his function is more of a creator, whereas Bruno will be more of a goal getter, which is which is clear to see. And even this season, that functionality seems to have changed. So it's 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 kind of difficult to compare the two. I understand your point, but to compare them is is a bit tight. I just but think for 400 that four hundred grand would you keep him for four hundred thousand pound at the club it, a week? If you if you ask me, I I wouldn't, but Man United clearly would. <laughs> Do you know what I'm saying? That's so, what right, disgusts me. Wouldn't. See, for four hundred grand, that. you said all that, and they said nah. Four hundred grand, <laughs> not me, so, bro. So, not after he, he tried to take out Nabi. No, 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 no. no. After yeah, he tried to take out Nabi. Oh yeah, I forgot you disowned Pogba, haven't you? He's not one of them. You see? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All I'm all I'm saying in this, all I'm all I'm saying in this is my, my, my point is that if there's a plan for Pogba and he's deployed in the right positions under a coach who has who has a, a progressive mindset, then I think there's an opportunity there for him to to rediscover his potential. I don't think it's a straight route. And do you know? Do you know who that coach is? Who's the coach? coach? It's Carlo Ancelotti. <laughs> That's exactly who that coach is. Done it all. Done it all. The thing is, Mark is not wrong. Carlo would be that. Yeah, no, he's right. He's right. He's right. He's right. He's right. Because right. 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 some you can see someone like Camavinga, he hasn't got the personality of Real Madrid. He really mm-hmm. hasn't. Like. Decent player, yeah, but you don't like going to Real Madrid as a young player. You can get swallowed, man, you, and he's getting a little. You know what I mean? He's getting a bit swallowed and stuff, and it's like I don't know if that one's gonna work. So Paul Pogba coming in with all of his, you know, all, all of the pizzazz, shall we say? No, this, you know? listen, listen, <laughs> 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 the pizzazz. <laughs> oh my gosh, I love, I love it. I love it. Listen, love Paul Pogba's ready for such a club, such a step. Um, 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 such a kind of a, a stature of a team as well, and you're going to play a team. You're going to have the ball, like Real Madrid. They control the ball. They control the ball, so you're going to see some highlight reel type of left foot, right foot, twenty yards screamers into the top corner, bottom corner. Do you know what I mean? Some of that room, cross, bro? cross field passing. We're in the midfield. You know, they, it will definitely Where? be in there. Do you know? Because at the moment, 
Modric ain't gonna play forever. Do you know what I mean? Modric still looking good though. Of course, but that's what I'm saying. Paul, I feel like Paul Pogba will play better alongside better players in midfield. You can't build your team around Pogba. You need to have Pogba alongside some good players. And then all of a sudden he raises his level because he's realizing that okay, cool. Whereas in the in the United team or in teams that midfields that's not as good, it's just it's hard to be inspired by that. Do you see what I'm saying? Like Pogba is better where it's like he's surrounded by superstars and he's in terms of skill set, you know, like you know, like on on um one of them games like Pro Evo or whatever, he's five star skill set, facts five-star skill set so you can unlock that though when your team isn't relying on you to pick up the ball from the defense in deep areas do you get what i'm trying to say when so his job is just top there for you kind of 100 100 mm. and and i think that's why it's so easy to be like oh no nah, you can't you know what i mean give me basuma for united give me basuma all day and just use the pogba yeah. money for basuma do you know what i mean just not yeah. because pogba's such a bad guy but it's just like at real madrid Galacticos, you know, you know what you see is what you're gonna get. They ain't gonna moan about him getting a haircut. Do you get what I'm trying to say? They they, they don't care if he gets a haircut because he's probably gonna smash one in the top corner the next game. So that's what I'm saying. I feel like Real Madrid, Carlo Ancelotti, that's the move, bro. Pogba, yeah, all all your brothers, you know, listen, <laughs> get get yourself down to Real Madrid. And you know, go and challenge for some Champions Leagues. You know, what I'm trying to say, hey, but for um, United, that's some serious campaigning, boy. That is serious I'm telling you, bro. I'm telling you, listen, and you look at the Real Madrid shirts behind me. So you know that. Say no more. <laughs> say that, man. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, man. Listen, that was episode twenty-one of the Breakdown Podcast. We'll catch you guys next week. Next week, man. Same time. Peace. Peace.